Uh, I'm going to mix up this intro a little bit too, just so you guys know. Okay. If you didn't sure. see it in the script. I did not. Kevin looked at the script since don't, this morning. Don't worry about it. You know, I won't. Yes. Better if you don't know. <laughs> Good evening and welcome to Progressively Horrified, the podcast where we hold horror to progressive standards it never agreed to. Tonight, we're talking about a sequel whose premise is that it's about remix. It's Scream 4. I never get to do one of these opening bits where I say something reverential and clever. Quick, somebody introduce me. Uh, this is Jeremy Whitley, and wait, am I am I supposed to be following a script? No. Okay. What's your uh, favorite scary movie, Jeremy? Oh no, um, that's, that's not my bit. My bit is Adam Brody. Adam Brody. We can't hear your your stomp, stomp, stomp. Oh no, you can't hear my stomps. I have to edit it in later. <laughs> yeah, wait, do it again. Adam Brody. Stop! 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 There you yeah. go. He's back. It's our king, Adam Brody. Also joining us tonight, they're here to challenge the sexy werewolf, sexy vampire binary. My co-host, Ben Kahn. Ben, how are you tonight? You're muted. <laughs> oh, no, Ben. This is awesome. I am not fucking here because you fucking started the episode before my audio set up. <laughs> fucking, I know my uh, sound isn't coming through good right now. A little light. It's a little light. I know. <laughs> This is the best opening that I'm we've aware. ever had. I am. This is terrible. It's a very scream opening, honestly. Yeah. Good evening and welcome to Progressively Horrified, the show where we hold horror to standards it absolutely never agreed to. <laughs> I know that my voice no, isn't coming across right, and I. That is that anything? No, it's not. I'm. T- I have all these fucking dials. What do they do? I'm in a nightmare. Oh no! This is on brand. Scream Four has the most chaotic opening. I yeah. can hear all of you. I can hear, hear you. Hear you. Too. You're just a little, a little soft. Okay. Okay. No, oh. that's too much. That's too that's... much. Oh, now that's you're too much. Now you're good. Okay. Okay. All right. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh my fucking god! I'm done. Good, good podcast, everyone. Same time next week. Then that was Scream Four. Adam Brody and the cinnamon roll of Cenobites. Our co-host Emily Martin. How are you tonight, Emily? I refuse to accept that Gail Weathers does not know the usage or the meaning of the term meta. She is a fucking journalist. Maybe that's meta commentary on journalism. Shit. God, I want to see Gail in her like Hunter S. Thompson era now. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Seriously. Also, this movie should have been found footage. Well, this movie definitely really likes its like, oh, they're filming a movie now, but I don't feel like it really goes anywhere with that. Absolutely not. I mean, they think about it. And our guest, <laughs> one of the hosts of Gotham Outsiders, the Batman Book Club, and our resident scream expert, TJ Finnessy. TJ, how are you? I'm good. Did you guys know TJ stood for Trevor Jr.? I'm just kidding. It it doesn't, but I wish it did. (laughs) Now I want to know what TJ does stand for. It's Troy Jr. (laughs) But so the J does mean Jr. Yes. (laughs) Oh, are you? Wait, really? All that gets me is Scream from the High School Musical 3 by Troy. Yeah, I used to get that a lot. (laughs) I was a high school musical kid. 
And I will say, I didn't know what meta meant for the longest time. Are you telling me that you were? Are you telling me that you were a High School Musical kid? I was. Yes. Yeah. What? No. How way. could you not know? Come on. We were. Got his we, head in the game. I watched it live. Does not surprise me at all. No. Oh, come on, yeah, Zac so, Efron. This this film. I'm going to let Ben do the recap, but before we get into that, I do want to say it is, we do have the OGs back. It is directed by Wes Craven and written by Kevin Williamson. And uh, I did not know where to stop with this cast list when I was putting it together because it does star Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, and David Arquette, but also Emma Roberts, Hayden Panettiere, Allison Brie, Rory Culkin, Anthony Anderson, Adam Brody, Marley Shelton, and guest appearances by Lucy Hale, Anna Paquin, Kristen Bell, Sinead Grimes, and Amy Teagarden. Anybody who was anybody or would be anybody for the next five to ten years. Or anybody blonde, and, at least. Yeah, and every time Adam Brody shows up, it's it's just such a fucking joy. We, was we it Selena Gomez we... was almost in this movie. That doesn't somehow does not at all surprise <laughs> me. Yeah. yeah. Would she have been one of like, I guess, one of the teenage girl characters? I want to say she was almost Jill, but I could be making that up. Oh my God. Selena Gomez's Jill would have been fucking something else. Now, yeah, Emma Roberts, though. I do want to say, to a degree, it really bothers me that Jill Roberts is played by Emma Roberts. <laughs> I love it. I don't like it. I don't like her having the same <laughs> last name as her character. It really bothers me for some irrational reason. It'd be like if Nev Campbell's actual cousin was playing the part, you know? Yeah, there's talk about meta. <laughs> yeah. Now we get into the era of the Scream franchise that I lovingly can refer to as what if we did the ideas from Scream 3 again, but without camp this time? <laughs> when you say without camp. By by comparison to That's Scream true. 3. That's true. There is okay. no appearance of Jay and Silent Bob in this movie to its death. There is a baseline camp for this franchise. And then there's Carrie Fisher cameoing as woman who looks like Carrie Fisher and accuses George Lucas of a Me Too scandal. In a movie that is about a Me Too scandal, Me Too scandal. 10 years or like 15 years before that happens, and also is produced by Harvey Weinstein. Yo, Scream 3 is fucking wild. Yeah. I will say Scream 4 is like... Like, I know the original is the best, and a lot of people love Scream 2, but this one is my, like, really personal like comfort favorite, Scream 4, so I've really been excited to talk about this one. I think Hayden Panettiere and Emma Roberts are, like, standouts. I love both of them in this. Kirby, my queen! This is the first yes. one that I hadn't seen before, like, before watching it for the podcast, and I had no idea Hayden Panettiere was in it, and I was sure especially since they like drop some hints in there that kirby was going to be gay but oh yeah he's not weirdly oh yeah yeah well. she's gotta be like her energy her clothing that Tell shot that of her the attraction that to that Culkin brother wasn't compulsory heterosexuality my theory is she thought maybe he was gonna end up being a killer when they were sitting around her house and you know how you try to like befriend the school shooter kids so you don't get shot later on? That's my theory. My theory is that Kirby is such a bratty bottom. That and also <laughs> I think that she was sensing something coming off of Rory Culkin, his character. Like 
there was hot murderer energy. Yeah, she was picking up on the murder. Yeah, well, I mean, I feel like in terms of hot murderer stands, those kids, Charlie and what the fuck his name is, I don't know, kid with the GoPro thing. Uh, I didn't learn his name. That's fine. I already forgot. GoPro kid. This GoPro kid, a.k.a. Jeffrey Dahmer waifu account on 4chan. Okay, I'm glad you brought up Dahmer because (laughs) for the longest time with this (laughs) franchise, I'm like, I love these movies. But this whole Stab franchise, it's like, it's a little bit of a cartoonish bridge that they made a whole franchise out of, like, these real-life murders. And then the fucking Dahmer series on Netflix came out. I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess this is realistic. Well, they do say she sued them, so they had to stop using her real life in the series. How much are these movies... How much money are these movies making that this franchise just chugs along? Fill an entire film shoot becomes a mass murder site. Keep making movies. The I mean, principal like figure sues you. What is the box office return on the stab movies? As a franchise, it is unfucking killable. I mean, Transformers had a bunch of movies. That's true. And the box office returns on those was insane. So I guess yeah. one of the stab movies, if not most of them that weren't directed by Robert Rodriguez, were directed by Michael Bay. That must be it. And this, did James Cameron do a stab movie that made like a <laughs> billion and a half dollars? And the killer was underwater. Who saw two billion dollars worth of Avatar 2? I, like, I knew what was going to happen. I didn't doubt it for a second because it's James Cameron. But at the same time, you know, it was probably like a global. I don't know. You pulled a real global, that guy. <laughs> anyway. So what happened to this crazy ass film? Yeah. Ben, tell us about yeah. Scream 4. All right. So we start out with a delightfully bonkers movie in a movie opening. That also gives us a pretty great, like, Kristen Bell and Anna Packin cameo. But then we get uh, the real-world generic blonde girls who get killed off in our customary scream intro with an absolutely brutal garage door on the spine kill that's just got some, like, sound design on it. Like, just some real good spine-crunchy sounds. Smash cut to Sydney's back in Woodsboro for her book tour about how she's not a victim. And she's here with her publicist, Alison Brie cameo. Smash cut again, and for once, Dewey and Gail actually start a movie together as a couple. And Dewey is Sheriff of Woodsboro. Good for you, Dewey. You are the one good pig in the horror movie universe. I mean, he's bad at being a pig, so I think that... Which is why he's so good at being a person. Yes. We then get introduced to... Kirby, who, as mentioned, is a fucking queen. Yes. Incredible character. Spoilers. So fucking happy she's back in Scream 6. Cannot Later wait. On, we'll be seeing that wait. in theaters. Later on, they'll be like, there will be that moment where like the film kids say that the only way to survive one of these horror movies now is to be gay. And they what? will shoot directly at Kirby, <laughs> who will like just look at the camera and then... She will her be eyebrow raised. It's incredible. It's, yeah. it's incredible. Thousand percent in my notes. Meanwhile, this whole scene, she is like eye banging the fuck out of Sydney when yes. they oh, see yeah. scene together. Yeah, well, I mean, I would. The end where it is full on murders happening, and Kirby runs into Sydney and is just like, 
quick, Cindy. Let's get into a room, like a room, and just lock us in, just you and me together. Oh, and when they're in the kitchen, she goes, "I bet she has scars everywhere." Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yeah. "Whoa, yeah." Herbie is so fucking gay for Cindy in this movie. It's amazing, and I love Kirby so much. Yeah, I asked Kevin Williamson if it was intentional, like from him, that she be gay. And according to him, he never intended it, although she was described as like a tomboy in the script. But then someone along the way had to have taken that and ran with it between the wardrobe, Hayden's acting, and then the shot of her in the gay scene. Like, it's someone had to have been doing it. Yeah, like, that's the thing. Like, there had to be editors involved. Like, people made choices. This was an acting, directing, and editing went into making Kirby so fucking gay yeah i just i the whole thing about like if you're gay in a horror movie that protects you from death and then they just don't unpack that they're just like according to the rules the only way to survive a horror movie is to be gay and i'm like in what fucking planet right what who are you that existed for a punchline that i don't think landed yeah like right i think i'm like kevin you can't just say shit you can't just be like oh and also all horror movies have to have a dragon that would be cool. It would be cool <laughs> being gay in a horror movie. You just walk through and you're like, that's too bad. You know, like you could just automatically Wait, survive. You know, with all these ghost stories, with I love how this movie is constantly being how it's like books and movies about real life murders inspires and perpetuates more violence and murders. But at no point is the series honestly truly unpack that it just uses it as a springboard for more movies i mean spring 2 almost got it it seems like both wes craven and kevin williamson come into this with like the starting point is teenagers are psychopaths you know and then they just keep going from there yeah. don't bother unpacking that part where's the ghost face who's inspired by like the coffee shop au fanfic Roast it's face? been over a decade. <laughs> that, that needs to be a t-shirt. I will say, I think the gay thing would have worked better if, you know, we had that scene in the club where they're like, oh, you have to be gay to survive. And then Kirby, like, like Kirby is supposed to be like the film buff. So like, I don't know. I feel like she would have, if this trope was true in this film, leaned into it or maybe been like, huh, maybe I am kind of gay. Maybe I should explore that, survive this. Yeah, and then yeah, when think, she makes a I move think- on him, is be like, hey, I think I might be gay, actually. Like, that would have been really cool. Yeah. I think that could have all worked. Like, even if, like, you just show Kirby surviving in this movie. Yeah. Instead of right. it being, like, a freeze frame. Right. By the way, she survived reveal in five, and now she's going to come back in six. <laughs> That's not a spoiler yeah. five. Oh, yes. By the way, we did not say it earlier. This episode will cover full spoilers for Screams 1 through 4. We will not be discussing any spoilers for Scream 5, and therefore we'll be doing little to no discussion of the upcoming So if they ever bring Kirby back, they better not, like, straight wash her, which I know is... She's in the trailer. She's in the trailer. Yeah. Like, that's not a fucking spoiler for Scream 6. She's in the trailer. She's in the movie. We can't spoil a movie that hasn't come out yet. Can we talk real quick? about the girls texting on a Game Boy Advance oh. <laughs> this fucking film going on yeah, Facebook and, and looking up like dick pics of Channing Tatum which like from the get go yeah, right, that's well. like that one movie where the girl's like 
fucking texting in Microsoft Excel on like yeah. your fucking sidekick. <laughs> I forget what music video or movie it's from, but it's a real fucking thing. I yeah, do have a question for it. you writers, though. When you're just trying to like spitball ideas, do you have like a really big document open with like 74 print font on your computer that says chapter one and then you like you don't bother to like make the font smaller you just shout the next thing look you hear a lot about how you need to capture attention with that first sentence Look, Gail is a boomer, okay? Need to be well <laughs> That's true. She doesn't know what meta is. When I'm like, how are you going to get... Yeah, Gail is way behind the times. Gail is unable to write literally anything that isn't her at the center of Grizzly Murders. Gail is yeah. behind the times, except for in Woodsboro, where in 2011, everybody still had home phones. Yeah, and texting on their Game Boy Advance. <laughs> After we start getting all this fucking, like, malevolent and the Candyman reboot. I hope this trend continues until we get to like Scream 8 and it's like, ah, this is the movie where Ghostface is kind of a superhero. <laughs> I love it. I'm just surprised that Ghostface has been over a decade. It's been like, we've had multiple Ghostfaces, right? Ghostface is but not upgraded. It is kind of the central element. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, nobody has got an idea of like, what if, you know, I do the Ghostface. Like, that's iconic. You gotta be Ghostface. You gotta have the cloak. You gotta have the mask. But what if he had like a katana? <laughs> like, I have to direct us back to Kirby. So I know Ben already knew that Kirby survived because we watched this together before this time. Um, so, like, Jeremy and Emily, did you like know that Kirby lived already? Like, did you think she was gonna? I like, was it spoiled for you ahead of time? No, it wasn't yeah. spoiled. I honestly, for a moment, like, I knew you asked like jack shit about this movie. There's and, nothing in Scream 4 to indicate that Kirby lived. Yeah. Right. It so did you assume she died by the end? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, okay. I maybe. Like, she didn't yes. really She dies pretty much enough. off screen. Like, she gets stabbed once and just kind of falls yeah, out of Spoilers play. for Scream 6. I knew that Hayden Panettiere was alive because I know that Hero went back in time and saved her so that we could <laughs> save the world. Oh, that's um, right. That was that's a good right. show for a season. Right. <laughs> I bring up the Kirby, is she alive or isn't she? Because it was such a big thing in the fandom. So, like, I binge Scream 1 through 4 for the first time in, like, 2015. And at the time, it was like, this is it. And there was so much fan debate about if she lived or if she didn't. And they're, like, on the commentary, Wes Craven was like, oh, we left her moving on purpose. Like, you hear the basement door open when Sydney starts to go down the steps. That could have been her coming in for help and apparently Hayden Panettiere had a no kill clause in her contract so like but everyone was like no she's she's dead like we're never gonna know so the fact that 12 years later you know it got confirmed in an easter egg that she lived and now she's coming back it's like a huge deal I'm glad that there is something there for the people that are have just trucked it through this series like I'm glad that you can have some reward for that. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I it's, always a, it's always a thing this franchise when like surviving characters return. Because I feel like it's always just matter like, will someone reach that like true veteran status or are they like almost first on the chopping block because they are a returning character? But it's like, yeah. why would you go through so much effort to not 
like oh, I'm gonna use the word retcon because I think it, you know, cancels a bit here. Yeah. Why would you do so much effort to bring yeah. her back just to kill her? I'm like, please, don't. that's anyway. very much in keeping with the scream oeuvre, I think, because that's you true. know, it's not like the first movie yeah. didn't cast Drew Barrymore, easily the best known person in that movie, to kill her in the first five minutes. But also, there's just been like, okay, Randy survives one, killed in two. Cotton survives two, killed in three. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was so ready for one of the main characters to die in this movie, and nobody did. Uh. (laughs) I'm kind of glad, though, because if Dewey dies, I would be very upset. Dewey doesn't even get injured in this movie. He does. He doesn't even a real. Barely a boo-boo by Dewey injury standards. <laughs> yeah, but he's out. Like, fucking Nev and, like, everybody else has, like, multiple stab wounds. and now, like his, it, his ridiculous limp from Scream 2 has gone away now. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. over the yes. list. But all you need to do, I guess, is, like, it, to take him out is just hit him with an aluminum bedpan. But, like, if you have multiple stab wounds, you can run around this hospital and scream at the top of your lungs and, like, you know, like, in the title. Well, apparently you can also be defibrillated right to the fucking skull and still just get up and be fine. (laughs) I really appreciated the delivery on the, I've got one word for you. And I was like, I know what it is. It's clear. It's clear. She's going to say clear. It happened. I was like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I like that. (laughs) Well, I will say, whether it's Jill or Sue, I would like to eventually see them not kill a ghost face so you can then bring that character back next movie is like yeah to catch a ghost face we need a ghost face Jill would be so good as like the hannibal lecter of like the ghost faces i would jill i don't know jill is not the best ghost face take that back <laughs> i won't jill, i love her i she's cool and all but she's like the best I ghost don't... face since one like yeah, it's, fair. yeah. Well, That's I mean, true. Billy and Stu, Billy and Stu are, Honestly, are I, iconic. I think my favorite ghost face after one is again, no spoilers, but I think it's probably five. Oh, I haven't okay. seen five yet. I haven't seen five. You know, I did appreciate Raylan Givens being ghost face in, in two. You know, I, I, it's nice when you see somebody in a movie like this, this is before they were famous, and you're like, hey, that guy, and you're like, oh. I guess it's a spoiler that he's a, a big deal. <laughs> well, he's a bigger part yeah. of this movie than it seemed like. I don't know. There's just something about well, Jill. Her camp. Honestly, it's like, and like 2011 when Emma Roberts wasn't known for playing a crazy bitch. I feel like it had to have been so surprising in that day. Jill I, played yeah. about one and a half to two minutes less of monologue right at the end there. <laughs> no, I yes. love it. Yes. She, yes. She, well, she, okay. she was lecturing Sydney. Where it's like Sydney has fallen asleep on the counter and you know doesn't know doesn't know the scene is still going on. It's like she just starts talking about social media and I was like, oh god. Here's the thing. I love her motive. As fun as the monologues are, I'm a big fan of the motive. It's a great motive. And again, it's not like we want a family member to be the villain. It feels a lot of like, what if we did? What if we just did a mulligan on Scream Three? Like this was a good idea for Scream Three. So what if we just do it again for Scream Four? But different. But, well, yeah, no, but I, different. But taking it seriously. But also, to me, by far the best just Jill as villain scene wasn't her monologuing or killing anyone else. It was her like Edward Norton Fight Club recreating an entire scream finale with her as like both killer and victim. Yeah. Like when she's throwing herself yeah. through the table, like and jamming the like running into the no wall funny. to stab herself in the shoulder. Like that to like 
that is such a unique fucking level of crazy in this franchise. Yeah. It's, it's really good, which is why I was kind of annoyed with the amount of talking she did. Because the moment that she like throws herself into the picture and you're like, God, where is she going with this? And then like it pulls back and you see that there's a glass coffee table in the middle of the room. And you're like, <laughs> oh, I know where this is going. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's, it's so perfect. And then like she did all of it in high heels. Yeah. So we should probably continue the recap. Yeah. Because we haven't even talked about deputy yeah. the ops. I could talk about oh, Kirby. Oh my god, yeah, this Jill has been Alden. a shit show. We did yeah. not get very far. We got to Kirby's introduction. This whole thing is <laughs> off the fucking rails. I love it. Mixed all right. I hope Jeremy, I hope you're making a real good paella for Alicia for this one. <laughs> yeah. So meanwhile, Dewey, who is now the sheriff. He's dealing with teenagers doing pranks. He's dealing with murderers in his town. And he is dealing with a thirsty deputy okay. by the name of Deputy Lemon Squares. I mean, Judy. Meanwhile, back at home, Gail can't came up with any idea for her book because she can only profit off the blood of others. We stand <laughs> a true crime queen. <laughs> huh? We didn't get, we tactically really. support Gail. Yeah, well, yes. I love her. Very, I'm, I'm very pro get- Gail. I don't know why Gail isn't more of the like the Megan style gay icon, Slay Mother. <laughs> I feel like she aspired to it, but just couldn't fucking actually make it, make the gay. Slay I mean, character. somebody had to exercise her bangs from Scream Three for her to. That's my really cannon. Based mostly off of like Scream Three, is that Gail thinks she's a queer icon, and gay people honestly just fucking can't stand her. <laughs> the gays on Twitter like her, but you know, I don't know outside of the internet. I'm trying to think like in universe. Okay, right. you can't yeah. tell me that like that was an act of like mm, no loving gay hairdresser would have given her that screen three haircut. But we do That's know funny. David Arquette is taking the bullet for that one and <laughs> taking the blame. We get some new high school characters like a pair of film club nerds and Jill's ex Trevor who wants to get back together with her. And then as the news of the murders break, all the Scream veterans break out into full Scream veteran mode. Like, Gail starts investigating. Dewey starts being an ineffectual cop. And, like, you know, and uh, Sydney just keeps getting fucking attached throughout the movie and fights him off like a boss every time. And also, Sydney and Jill meet at the police station. And Kirby is shook. Because as we've discussed, <laughs> she is gay as fuck for Sydney. I mean, so am I, so. I- I mean, honestly, right there with you, like just, oh my god, oh Kirby, my queen. I keep okay. Where was I? Fuck it. <laughs> Kirby's uh, gay. Sydney stays Sydney. over with her. Kirby's gay, and so are we. The end. Uh, yeah. Sydney stays over with her aunt in jail. She has a nice little heart to heart with Dewey, and Trevor sneaks into Jill's bedroom and does some Billy Loomis parallel red herring stuff. And then you know we get some like weird deputy Judy in the fucking shadows doing some more red herring stuff. Then we get. <laughs> Oh, boom, Anthony Anderson and Adam Brody. Fuck, yes. Are they discussing how much they want to fuck a teenager? Yes. Is it gross? Sure fuck it is. They're cops, so get- that all checks out. God. Checks out super hard. We get some more ghost face calls happening, and the unimportant friend gets stabbed so hard her guts fall out. Possibly the goriest kill in the whole franchise. Maybe. Well, I'll, I'll defer so to far. TJ on that. It's, it's pretty gory. Good. It is pretty gory, but I mean, we don't usually get like the entrails falling out. Yeah, there was the scene that was cut from one of the versions of the original Scream where the boyfriend's entrails like all spill out of his stomach. 
I think this was supposed to be like, especially when Sydney runs in, it's like, I feel like it's a deliberate homage to Sydney's house and like the, yeah. you know, the murder scene in there when Billy uh, doesn't actually die, but there's blood everywhere. Everywhere yeah. in that room. To a degree that I don't believe that much blood could be in one person, and I don't understand how, how you stab someone. <laughs> That's right. That, that much was... blood come out of somewhere. Everywhere. That room was, that room was fucking soaked in blood. Like, that the the hotter like... that the movie says you are, the more blood you have. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's yeah. proven by Johnny Depp and Nightmare on Elm Street, you know? That's right, yes. I love Everybody that Sydney is just like he is just a fountain of blood. I love that Sydney is like a superhero by this point. She just like doesn't care. She's running in to save people. Sydney oh, duplexing like, yeah, ghost she face is downstairs. Ready. She is ready to fucking throw hands with Ghostface at a moment's notice. This like, that is the like, only part of this movie that doesn't work for me because neither of the people who are actually Ghostface in this movie show up looking like Sydney has suplexed them downstairs. They're teenagers. They heal really fast. They're like if, awesome. Whoever finds Sydney down the stairs in that other house would be fucked up. Yeah, he yeah, mentioned just... how hot Sydney is, and like this is the milfiest Sydney. I think she's just so hot. Once she gets in that blue cardigan at the end, like, like when Kirby is just fucking <laughs> gay panicking for Sydney, I yeah, get it. Well, like, when when Kirby and Jill are looking out the window and they're both like, "Oh no, horror stuff happening across the street." And Sydney's like, what? Somebody's getting stabbed? Fuck, I'm going. Yeah. I'm about to go kick some Sydney's ass. Rings into action. This is why you learn self-defense. Sydney's story is the story of when you learn self-defense, because she's using very practical self-defense moves, and automatically she is the hero of this horror movie. Meanwhile, Allison Bree is being like, we blood money so sydney fires her for being a terrible person and then ghostface kills her in the parking garage and throws her off a roof and crushes a whole fucking van it rules just ruins dewey's press conference i have to say terrible person great agent like, oh yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> he gets a three book deal with like a, a blank check contract for her after like one person dies so like yeah that's so, for the record, if podcast host starts fucking dropping, I now know what to expect from my agent, like, out of that. Yeah. Also, Allison Green we... isn't heavy enough to break that van. That's <laughs> true. Just off the top of it. I'm not sure what would have been better. What we got where the body just fucking demolishes the van, <laughs> or what would have been better? Just the body lands and then just bounces right off. You just see the ghost face <laughs> up on top, like, oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a good bounce would have been just like pure like 100 good like black humor <laughs> as soon as she got killed in the parking deck and i saw that they were doing the police conference right in front of the parking deck i was like oh i know what's happening here yeah like what did they do did they make like a very easily collapsible van or were they just throwing fucking alice and brie dummies off the roof being like nope this one wasn't heavy enough more make me a heavier alice and brie dummy yeah they got it they got with more gravitas allison yeah y'all did you know that to prepare for this role alice and brie put on a thousand pounds She's just very dense. So she can do her own she's... stunts, her own crushing the van, the van stunts. She really did that. And she's a star. Yeah, just fucking put Christian Bale to shame. Get it? She went straight from this into Glow. That's why she's so good at wrestling. Yeah. yeah. 
And she's so dense she glows because she's a star. I'm making a joke about physics. Anyway, so she dies. I think Ghostface has some of his best lines in this movie. Like, both of his phone calls with Kirby are excellent. Like, she's excellent, but I think his lines are just so good. And, like, in this scene we're talking about with Allison Brie, where he's like, oh, you're not, in the, like, I'll put you in the morgue. It's such a good line. Well, can we talk about how the friend, like, does the ghost face prank call in the beginning? Is this just a fucking standard feature that phones have in this universe? It's an app. They, they say it's an app. Yes, yeah, so, oh, yes. It's a ghost face app. And then they don't do anything with that in the rest of the movie. Like, they <laughs> set that up, and then they're just like, whatever. This movie really likes to set things up and then do nothing with them. Yeah, and, like, I have not seen a Ghostface app, internet. Well, I have things to say about a lot of the, about the internet in this movie, but can, let's kind of I do appreciate find out it's one voice and not just, like, the straight-up, like, TJ's. Which movie is it that just has the straight-up magic voice changer? That's three. three. That was the last one. That, yeah. That was three. Okay, you know what? I take it back. That actually checks out perfectly for three. Yeah. It's fucking nonsense. It's fucking nonsense, but so is three. And I love well, in real it. life, we don't have a Ghostface app, but in the TikTok app, they have the Ghostface voice that reads what you type. <laughs> so That's you it. could always do that. Yeah. You've never heard it? No. Yeah. They have one for Rocket Raccoon and Ghostface. And the twist is that they're going to be the killer and that's going to be the twist There's can the, i get ghost space to talk. read my directions that what would be amazing that? that scream talk there are actually multiple apps that what would that be be like turn left changes. you stupid bitch turn left directly into the morgue yeah <laughs> <laughs> listen the way that the how shitty a lot of those navigation apps are i would be unsurprised if Ghostface straight up just tried to like roll my car off a cliff God, I we are. I love how we're getting through like one set scene at a time on this fucking recap. Listen, I don't blame us. This movie's a delight, and this is the energy I want for the whole episode. Never stop any of you. That's good. Okay. What? Yes. Meanwhile, Gail and Cindy go to the movie club because they're like, we've done this. Let's just ask movie nerds what the fuck's going on. Kirby Gabe panics. We get the rules about the like reboot of horror movies and we learn about the Stabathon, which everyone thinks will be a great place for a finale because it's a bunch of teenagers watching horror movies in a barn and there's the aforementioned incredible like moment where they say that the only way to survive is to be gay and they just fucking smash cut to like Kirby just look at it and Sydney making eyebrows yeah it's like I don't want to give the movie credit because like she's not canonically queer but like you know, it feels like they were trying to do something with it. I fucking wish. I fucking yeah. wish. But you know what? It's a real haze code queerness. Yeah. Yes. All right. So uh, anyway, Gail goes to the Stabathon and plants some cameras. Oh, because there's this whole thing about how it's like this time Ghostface is making their own movie. They're filming it. That will be in no way plot relevant at all. Would actually probably work better nowadays with YouTube and Twitch and, all, and TikTok and all that. It was honestly probably a concept a little before its time in 2011. But hey, I agree. Scream is Scream is no stranger to recycling its own idea, so maybe it'll come back later on. But YouTube anyway, totally Gail plants her cameras. Those are only relevant because Ghostface blocks them and then stabs Gail when she goes to investigate. But it's a shoulder stab, so we know she's fine. Meanwhile, Anthony Anderson and Adam Brody conclude their cameo by dying, and we get the immortal final words of "fuck Bruce Willis." So that's fine. There's a knife in the forehead, like yeah, to the brain. 
to the brain. Like that really fucks with me is when it's stuff like to the brain and the person's still like doing stuff, but their brain's all fatally messed up dead. Well, this yeah. part of your brain, you don't use as much. I think, I don't know. I don't, I'm not a brain scientist. What What is that being based off of, Emily? I want to dive into this. <laughs> Supposedly, it's off a real thing. That yeah, I want to know. It, but it's still well, really silly. When you... Yeah, okay. no, I, know, I want to go back to this. Like, you can totally get stabbed in that part of your brain, and it's okay. I learned it from the shadow. Yes. <laughs> it's real. What? Did you say the shadow? No, people have survived absolutely heinous brain injuries. I feel like it's a jump to go from that to like, ah, you're fine. Well, no, I mean... Your brain can have a little of stabbing as a treat if you just do it in the right place. I mean, they did do that as a medical procedure for a while. It was a fucking shit show. Anyway... Back to the the recap, where (laughs) Ghostface kills Jill's mom and Cindy goes to Kirby's house where the surviving teenagers are having a really lame after party slash okay hangout. They all get started getting stabbed to death because, duh, and Kirby gets stabbed. But she does, but this film doesn't, re- as we discussed, this film doesn't reveal it, but she does not die. Spoilers for a freeze frame on computer screen on a screen from Scream 5. And that is your one Scream 5 spoiler <laughs> is a computer frame Easter egg. Yeah. We event- after, an- after enough stabbing happens, we eventually learn that the killers are long hair film nerd and Jill. Jill wants to be famous and is staging her own reboot to be the new Sydney and even manages to stab Sydney in the gut. She gets closer to killing Sydney than any ghost face up until now has done so. So good for you, Jill. Yeah, that's an accomplishment. She kills her film dork partner because fucking obviously, of course, that was going to happen. Even Sydney's like, fucking what the fuck did you think? Like, <laughs> you, you yeah. said yourself, you're the stew. Yeah. Like, yeah. Alas. Yeah. Neither of the killers from Scream 1 survive, which they all know. Ugh. But uh, Rory Colgan does not think it through. Charlie is the oh, character's no. name, I believe. Yeah, Charlie. No. He was a simp. Uh, he sure <laughs> Such was. <a> simp. <laughs> I mean, his motivation was the girl he liked didn't. Not even that the girl he liked didn't like him back. That the girl he liked didn't, didn't reciprocate fast enough. Yeah. He reasonably assumed that the girl he liked was gay. (laughs) He should have, like, put the Correctly assumed, yeah. But look, uh, uh, look, if Charlie had stuck around for a few more years, probably would have figured some other stuff stuff out about herself as well. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. That's where we're going with. We're going with the Charlie is trans head canon. Yes. I think there's something there. I I agree that there's something there, but also oy vey. Yeah. Uh, Meanwhile, because... This movie decided it needed to be in an hour 50 and fucking we need another finale as we go to the hospital where Jill learns that Sydney has survived and gives away a clue that she's the killer. We get a big finale and Jill tries to kill Sydney and Gail and Dewey and Deputy Lemon Squares all team up to stop her. We get the absolutely brutal death by fibulator to the brain followed by bullet and the movie ends with poignant question mark moment of newscasters calling Jill a hero, not knowing the carnage that lays inside. Because this hospital has no staff. Also, no, there's there's not a fucking doctor or nurse in sight in this finale. No, the there's never yeah. people working at the hospital. heard all of the stuff going on in that room, 
maybe you would just stay at the desk anyway. <laughs> like, I mean, this like I've heard the, multiple like, gunshots and lots of stabbing going on in there, so I'm going to stay in here. This Not is a great doctor anatomy. to be found in the ICU. <clears throat> yeah. uh, also, and that's uh, Scream 4. Yeah, also, in all of that, Deputy Judy Hopps gets, gets shot and <laughs> survives because she's wearing a bulletproof vest because she's a fucking police officer. Nobody else has ever considered that Dewey has never put on a bulletproof vest in his life. Dewey does not know that bulletproof vests are a thing. I think Dewey just has a secret desire to go out, you know? Like, he's part of this. Then we're going with Dewey's, we're going with Dewey's oh. secret death wish. Yeah, like, I think Dewey is just like, he's like Harrison well, He craves the sweet release of death, but the, the universe will just not let him die, no matter how many times he gets stabbed. After 10 death. years with Gale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I think, I mean, I don't think that's, that he has an issue with Gale, other than the fact that, like, Gale is too good for him, and he knows it. <laughs> like she's way out of his league and he's like waiting for that other shoe to drop and now he's like and you know and i'm sheriff now of this same little town that like whenever nev campbell shows up people start dying and you know at least somebody is starting to talk about that part of this story i do have to but say alicia was watching this with me and her reaction was like why haven't ghost face masks been outlawed in this town yet they have a murder here, a whole murder spree here every couple of years. And I was like, actually, it's just the first one because the second one happens at college and the third one happens in L.A. So, like, it's really just like Woodsboro has only really been the state no, of one. one and four. So, like, this did happen yeah. one time, like 10, 15 years ago at this point in their timeline. So, I'm like, sure people put up the masks and stuff and, and nothing happens. Mm -hmm. It's yeah, only like the gambles there. I do get how the, enough time has now passed for this generation to be like, this is a movie franchise and yeah. part of just town lore. But I masked at like, the beginning on the yeah, polls. Like, that yeah. was a prank that the kids did and hung up. And, like, they do the stabathon every year. So, like, they're very. Uh, I did have the first thought of, like, this is a little fucked up of the town. I'm like, this is. <laughs> okay, town. It feels a little bad taste. I'm like, oh, okay. That's a. That's a. Okay. That's prank. That makes sense. That checks out. Yeah. No, I always uh, thought it was like, uh, I thought the town had it up too. And then I, I actually read this script and I was like, oh, it was a prank. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Does anyone else fucking a million percent want to see Stab Six where Kristen Bell is the killer? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Like, yeah. holy shit. I like, like, I need that. I need the Kristen Bell slasher villain. Like, also, Wonder she Kristen casually Bell's stabs the other girl in the stomach because she's annoying her during the movie. Okay, what a fucking twist, though, that would be for a Scream movie to reveal the killer in the opening scene. And then they're like, there you I have want the dramatic it. irony. That would be very interesting. Kill one yeah. of the killers right also, away and then try to figure out who else is a killer. I'd love yeah. that. Ooh, that'd be good. Also, yes. Kristen Bell saying little Asian ghost girls is such a fucking Eleanor Shellstrop moment. <laughs> yeah. Like that the way is, she said, like delivery on that was just so the good place. There, okay, okay. This this movie, this is Scream Four. It came out in 2011. The first Scream movie came out in 1996. Yes, sure. 96. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we it's, have. I say more than I say very decade. confidently. I believe you. Yeah. Like hundred percent sure. So we have like 14 years in which the world has seen. A number of developments, including YouTube and... Uh, 96, yeah! Yeah, 96. Yeah. 
the YouTube, smartphones, mostly like the cloud. The cloud is a thing. Facebook, the movie, the social network has been out for a year when this movie is out. And so, which you know, again, boy, did we fucking jump the gun on the fucking Mark Zuckerberg biopic. We sure did. We sure did. And no one learned anything. <laughs> but so this movie you know, is supposed to be like set in present day, present time. And, and we're, you know, looking at the Woodsboro, like however, like 12 years, 15 years after or whatever. So the very little progress, however, has been made in this world regarding people's understanding of things, including, but not limited to the internet, the amount of times that fucking teenagers in this film call it the net or cyberspace <laughs> or like this is fucking hackers 1995 level reference to the internet and i'm like guys yeah i guess they gotta hack the planet but so there's the internet which is a part of this movie that is referred to a lot but never really utilized i'll so. never forget that like how much of the plot of the first movie was dependent on existing in this very small window of time when cell phones existed, but no one had any fucking way to know like who was calling from it. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of stuff like all like this, all the phones spoofing and this cell and, like, phones are there, other- but no caller ID. Fucking remember? Like yeah. I think it's Scream. Is it Scream 2? Is it Scream 2 that like opens up like, haha, caller ID exists now, yes. motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. that's the opening of, of Scream 2. <laughs> yeah, I mean Scream yeah. 1, the fact that Billy has a cell phone is like a big plot point in the movie yeah yeah Yeah. like just him having a cell phone is considered a clue i y'all i didn't get a cell phone until 2009 but i still knew youtube okay so we have the internet five oh six so also we have learned very little about how law enforcement works how security works be fair, um, the law enforcement part is true of the real world. Even that's then. true. That's true. But I mean, like, the, this movie has no idea how law enforcement works. Uh, I do love the law enforcement just knowing they're just dead by default. Listen, just I knowing think, there's no way they're fucking making that out of this. I think the fucking forensics should have been either killed by Ghostface or have been Ghostface. Like, they should just bring in, like, law enforcement Ghostface at this point. Want Dexter to be the the forensics guy in this movie? This I, is the right time really, for Dexter. That's true. That's true. We also don't. That know could be how... the Jane and the Bob of this movie. Is if Dexter, Dexter. shows up and yeah. started swabbing. Things. I will never fucking stop arguing that Jay and Silent Bob should have been the ghost faces of Scream 3. They should just be ghost faces for every Scream movie subsequent to that. The yes. second they introduced Jay and Silent Bob to the franchise. You can't take that away. That's this not... is like how I think Danny Glover should have a different role in every Predator movie. Exactly. And also, if Kevin Williamson, whatever, what is his name? Kevin Williams? Yeah. Kevin Williamson. Williamson you had it. Williamson. Cool. You had it right. The, yep. If, yeah. If Kevin correct. Williamson can just be like, you can be gay and survive a horror movie and that's how it works, then you can also say, Jay and Silent Bob are now in every horror movie. You know? And contractually... We would have to follow that. Well, also, it's like, again, like, what movies, because I get a lot of the other reboot stuff, reboot, like, general reboots were very popular in the horror space of that time, yeah. like, late 2000s, early mm-hmm. 2010s. You know, not even this kind of, like, you know, the kind of modern revival reboot that, 
you know, would be come to the forefront later on, just a straight out reboot. So that's what they were talking about. Like, and hell, like Kirby has a thing later on where she just lists off, rattles off like a yeah. giant fucking list of horror movies that had gotten remakes in like pretty recent years. Yeah. Um, what fucking in what of those movies had a gay character that was prominent <laughs> and survived to base that rule off of? We watch so many horror movies. They don't have all this gay rep that apparently that apparently exists to make this rule. Yeah. Where's that fuck? Yeah. He's just pulling that rule out of his ass. That is just, I'm like, hey, hey PC. I'm like, this is a time where fucking gay people are getting fucking just murdered left and right anytime like television shows deign to admit they exist. Yeah, this is a reason that the barrier gays trope exists. Yeah, I think yeah. like, I think it's true if the person comes out in the movie, like if that's a plot point of the movie is them coming out as gay, then they're likely to survive because like that's a like a trauma thing that they're already dealing with and they're probably a central character at that point. But if they're a gay friend, they're never surviving that. Yeah. Especially at this point and still like to now, it's a issue with gay friends and their boyfriends or girlfriends getting dispatched on the regular. Wait, Fucking yeah. it, chapter two, motherfuckers. Right. <laughs> well, didn't someone come out in that Wes Craven movie about the werewolves? Well, every werewolf movie yeah. is kind of about coming out. <laughs> I don't think anybody comes out in Curse, but Curse yeah. is very gay. No, um, there's a guy who straight up comes out. The GoPro nerd being, I'm gay if it helps. Does not count as a queer character. Absolutely not. No. Absolutely not. Not even a not. fucking little bit. You know, I think it's I think it's funny that that character can't commit to it to save it, like literally to save his life. Yes. His name just came to me like a vision. It's Robbie. Oh, Robbie, of course. Yeah. Because to me, what does make that scene is Ghostface does legitimately hesitate. It's like, oh, I'm like I'm doing a lot of mass murder, but I don't want people to think I'm homophobic. <laughs> like I want to murder, but I don't want to get canceled. So let's take this from the top. This movie, in 2011, Woodsboro and the Scream franchise has learned very little about the internet, how law enforcement works, how security works. How having a gun can easily subdue multiple assholes with each with one knife. Teenagers, because teenagers are all the same in these movies. And finally, woman. I was hoping that like there would be a little bit of progress about, you know, just the woman character or just the characters in general. Like there's certain characters should be static, like Dewey. And, you know, Gail has been through some and, and Sydney does have a little bit of an arc. It's the same arc as any Kelly Clarkson song. Yes, but I mean, she starts off not movie. strong, and every 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 end of the the song, she's stronger than she was before. Yeah, it's like first one is boyfriend betrays her. Second one is boyfriend betraying her as the big red herring, like right up until the reveal. Right. Third one is the only reason the boyfriend is there at all. Sucks. Third one is yeah. a brother she did not know exist or even meet in the movie right up until the reveal. I'll never, I can't get over that. Like, Sydney and the killer in three do not share a single scene until the reveal. It, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, which, again, is why I say so much of like, I think they really looked and they thought, like, wow, like, 
from a true pathos standpoint, we botched Sydney being betrayed by a family member. You get more heart to heart with Dewey, but it really feels like they try to really create this relationship and this bond and this, you know, generational understanding between Sydney and Jill to like kind of give her that connection that could then be ripped away by Jill's betrayal. Yeah, yeah. she so even I think thinks she like, saves Jill's life a couple of times, like, you know, when she helps Jill down off the roof and then is like, oh, keep running, Jill. Like, she <laughs> hides her under the bed and, you know, pretends to also her instructions to run away. Uh, I have a theory about one reason why Kirby lived, and it's because literally the first moments that Jill is on screen is her going to Kirby's car, and Kirby says, like, like before you get in the car, you have to promise not to kill me. Yeah. That is literally the first line someone speaks to Jill in the movie. Foreshadowing. So to me, I didn't even, that was I didn't even that think was about that. I because I watched that on a rewatch. So that was something I absolutely did not pick up first time around. Second time around, super picked it up. Well, and she made Charlie do it. So I guess she kind of kept her word. Yeah. yeah, again, it doesn't hold up entirely. Also, Robbie is Crash of Crash and the Boys and Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Like, oh, it's yeah. the same actor, uh, mm-hmm. which I did not realize until just now. He was in Saw 2, too. Yeah. <laughs> okay, was that a loving thing? Like, what's going on with that movie? Just fucking taking your shots at Saw 4. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was just the time period. Like That shit was weird, though, because I, w- I was watching it, and my friend Carissa was sitting next to me. He was like, oh, the Saw isn't scary. It's just gross. And then a second later that's what the character said yeah which i'm like i don't know how i feel about this i'm just imagining being like i don't know like the one of the the makers of saw 4 going in i'm like being like oh boy i sure love the scream movies and seeing that being like oh yeah crying into his piles of money oh james Bond was way miles away from that franchise by fucking saw 4 yeah no, I love the Saw franchise. Like, I think in, in that year and onward, and probably just around in general, like, as I'm sure you know, like, the general consensus of Saw is like, oh, it's torture porn. And, you know, even the fan base, probably around the fourth one, were like, like oh, it's going to be and a I, little too gory. I get it. I get that it's mostly torture porn. But have you considered sometimes that torture porn happens to Donnie Wahlberg? Yeah. And I enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I enjoy seeing bad things happen to Donnie Wahlberg. <laughs> In response to what you said earlier, Ben, about the remake motive and then the if you're gay, you might survive. These are the two things I want to touch on. Yes. Um, so the motives I love. I love like touch the remake. Many things you like. Commentary. Talk about as many things about Scream. Thank you. You can touch the, on them too. No, 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 these are the two in my mind. I'm like, all right, I have to say this. The remake commentary. Like, I love it that it's poking fun in all the remakes of the time and is like saying, oh, you thought we were going to do the remake with Jill, but really, you know, she's evil. I love that it's like, it's Scream 4 in disguise. Like, I mean, it has the four in the title, but like, it makes you think it's doing a remake to a degree. And I love that it's just like, no, we're not going to kill Sydney. We're not going to kill Gail. We're not going to kill Dewey. Like, this is still their movie. So like, on one side, I think that could be like a lack of balls because they didn't commit to moving the franchise forward. But I love that it was like a fake out. And I don't know. I just think it's really clever. And again, yeah. I really enjoy Scream 
five and I you know and the presence of Kevin Williamson's continued involvement definitely gives the continuing movies legitimacy. I do think I wouldn't be surprised if I do think there could be interpretation of just seeing Scream Four as the definitive end of the franchise, if only yeah. by virtue of it being the last one directed by Wes Craven. And I yeah. someone said like Sydney's story arc like really ends in chapter three. So like uh, she really doesn't have an arc here because you know it was completed. So I kind of look at this one as like a bridge between yeah, the original like trilogy. Start, you're right. Like three really is the one that gives us the character arc of her being in total seclusion and then opening her life to Detective McWhat's face and friendship. Not appearing, and now she's film. doing. Yeah, <laughs> he was supposed uh, to. He was going to be the opening kill at one point. They were going to be married. Oh man! Oh, oh yeah. wow! But that leads me to my other point, which was Kevin Williamson did write many drafts of the script, but and he had a, an original idea, which was that Joe was going to get away with it at the very end, and it would end at the house, and they would all just be on the ground, possibly dead, and there would be a survivor. We wouldn't know who. And even that, I think, was a later draft. But like, he always wanted Jill to get away with it. And this would lead into a Scream 5, where it would be Jill as the protagonist, and we know she's the killer, and then someone finds out and starts t- targeting her, and we have a ghost face versus a ghost face. Like, anyway, That's that cool. it, obviously, yeah, would have been so fun. That would have been, oh, been, been so cool. Yeah. That would have been yeah, great. I, I don't know if it would have worked as, like, for the general public, but I would have loved that. And obviously, the studio didn't want that, because they... Wanted to rewrite it, bring Sydney more into it, and make her focus. And by the end, Kevin Williamson completely left the project, and they brought in the writer of Scream 3 to do a draft of the script. And he wrote the entire hospital scene at the end. So one of my favorite parts of the film is when Jill says, like, Sydney, this is silly. The ending of the movie was at the house. Like, it's funny because that's literally... What happened I mean, in real life? Yeah, I mean, I will say there is like there is a bit of ending fatigue where it's like okay, yes. we go to the stabathon, but oh, okay, no, it's at the house. Okay, now it's at the hospital. Like there, it is a little too much finale. Yeah, there's yeah. a there's and a I love lot. it all, but it's a lot. Yeah, again, like I I think they're God ghostface versus ghostface have been so interesting. You see, I think he got it's got to be like the right ghostface for that, and I don't think if you actually killed off Sydney, I don't think there's any way audiences could have then like been rooting for right. Um, and like you know, Ke- like Kevin's original vision ghostface. was like Sydney was barely in four, and then she like had no idea about the Jill stuff, and she would be in five, but as like a professor. So like his vision was very different okay. from what. We ended oh, that's up with. very different. Yeah. Um, and my yeah, point here is to bring it back to the gay. Like, I you know, love you have the to be gay. Of a, yeah. Yes. I don't know if he wrote it <laughs> because he didn't write the final draft oh. of the script. So, like, yeah, someone else could have plugged that line in there. I don't know. Emily, <laughs> that you were saying that they didn't utilize the internet found footage thing enough. Oh, yeah. And, like, I really wish they would have done more with that. Like, my headcanon is that someone leaked their footage that they recorded. But because I'm like, otherwise, like, what was the point? Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. So have y'all seen the trailer for Scream 6? No. Many times. <laughs> <laughs> I will say I am not knowing what it is. Like, my theories is that given the new setting, it could really lend itself to, like, you know, discussions about, like, you know, 
fandoms is mass movement and so are channels and followers like again i'm hoping that, that technology continue like plays a more intrinsic role in yeah the plot like what do you think like what, what are the ones that really focused on tech like i feel like one was the one that really focused on technology three had the voice changer <laughs> i think that if because the whole root of the scream the original scream was that it was a meta movie right and so they keep trying to do this meta thing and that's cool but they don't quite get there having never seen this movie before i had a theory at one point in it about like who the killer was that i liked better than the eventual revelation which was that it was the entire film club like yeah. that the whole film club you know were sort of these these unfeeling horrible teenagers that exist in the scream universe that they were all like let's all make this movie and they were yeah. all, like they all know the rules they they introduce the fact that there's this whole classroom full of kids that come to this film club that know all about the stab movies and Sydney and everything. And the idea that like, you don't have just one or two ghost faces, but like a dozen ghost faces that are all these like teenage kids working together to do this shit. Like that I liked. Yeah, that was, that's a good idea. That's like when I thought that Scream 3 was going to be like some sort of weird Truman show situation with Sid. (laughs) And they were just like trying to set no, Sid up. One guy, not the one guy, nonsensically doing it all himself. Yeah, that was a great idea. By the way, Emily. Oh yeah, I uh, like, thank you. TJ can attest to this because TJ was there when I'm like my very first watch through of this movie. My prediction: I had the right motivation, but the wrong suspect. I thought it was. Jill's aunt, or Jill's mom. That was I thought the it killer. was her too for a second, for like a hot second. Because yeah, when I, it was when she was being like, no one ever asked me about like my scars. Like, yeah. There was like a jealousy there. I'm like, ooh, I'm seeing like seeds. Anyway, she ended up taking a fucking knife to the neck. That didn't end up mattering at all. Jill's mom, yeah. I think, is a real missed opportunity. That should have been Jennifer Coolidge in that part. I'm just saying. Oh, my yeah, God. Can you imagine? Absolutely. I was watching this character, and I was like, this should be Jennifer Coolidge. I'm really hoping that the Scream franchise lasts long enough that eventually they decide to do another one. They're like, what if we did a three throwback and just got real goofy again? Just for one. Actually, introduce fun. time travel. Yeah, like, what if we actually did? Oh, my God. I say it every episode, into the Screamiverse. All the ghost faces team up. We must assemble all of the ghost faces to make the ghost face army. Yeah, the one thing about this movie that... that, I mean, there's a lot of things, as I've said, but this movie is so full of red herrings. It was like a fucking fish market. Deputy Judy is just bathed in shadows, being shady as shit. Bringing up her and Cindy's high school connection. Yeah, and there's a point in that where I stop caring, you know? Like, there's a point where I'm like, it's going to be somebody, you know? And and at one point, I was convinced it was Kirby because she said the word router, and I'm like, only the killer in this movie knows enough about technology that they actually know what a router is. (laughs) She's just gay. (laughs) I I really thought it was Kirby, or Kirby was one of the killers for a long time. Like, A, she has the classic, like, she is a horror film buff, loves horror films, which is yeah. honestly a red flag of a, a motivation right then and there for a killer in these movies. And also, 
The other thing that's usually um, one of the biggest red flags for being the killer in this franchise, she was the biggest celebrity. That's true, mm-hmm. yeah. She was the biggest, uh, and they usually let the biggest star be the one who gets to go absolutely fucking ham wild and chew the scenery as the killer. But Rory Culkin did get to chew a little bit, like right right at the end, that he was like, oh shit, I'm going out, all right. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and then... His head in the heart bit was like, very yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. I think it's weird that Sydney's mother had a sister that we never heard about until this movie. And like the last movie was all about her mother. No one thought to talk to her sister at any point. Yeah, I, there's a lot of things about. I mean, that's that feels normal to me in a screen movie. Oh, oh yeah, she was hired when we became an actress. True. I had cocaine constantly. <laughs> My sister. My please. sister. Did I ever tell you about the secret son she gave up? <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, if that casting <laughs> is there, if it's Jennifer Coolidge. Perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Uh, she was supposed I, to be like yeah. an alcoholic and have a lot more to do. So like Jennifer Coolidge would have been perfect. And just her saying, oh did, you ever hear about, did I ever tell you about your mom's boss son would have been hysterical. Yes. Like, yeah. That's why I need the Scream 3 throwback so we can have like Jennifer Coolidge just carrying on the legacy of Parker Posey. And she played or, the grandmother. Is she that old? Or... Maybe there's another sister. Or <laughs> they just make stab movies. You just start mm. making the stab movies. All of the stab movies. Yes, they just start getting the stab movies. Like they finally release them. They make them and they release them. That'd be, I'd be down. Yeah. I really think we just start bringing in like fucking just like detective characters into it. I mean, it's they're going to name drop shit. Also, did anyone else just want to watch Shaun of the Dead instead? Because they, they spent I, a lot of time. I do love Shaun of the Dead. Have we never done Shaun of the Dead on this podcast? Not yet. What right. the fuck is wrong with us? <laughs> so where does this one rank for you all in your Scream films? I would say second right behind the first one. Hey! hey. Okay. This one's third. That's fair. Scream one, Scream 3, Scream 4, Scream 2. Oh, I forgot you like Scream 3 so much. I. It's not a good movie, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. Parker Posey was in it. Parker Posey's great in it. Otherwise, I would have been a disaster. I think that movie's hilarious. I, the Parker Posey the and the scene where a ghost face faxes a threat to blow up the house. Yes! yes. Like, Precisely. Scream just operate on a whole other fucking wavelength. Yeah. Um, my personal enjoyment rankings is one, three, four, two. My best, like, who done it mystery aspect, I would probably say is like one, four, two, three. Yeah, one, four, two, three is my ranking period. Like that's the order I like them in. Nice. One and four are like tied for me. Like enjoyment, four, but like one is classic and just as good. Because again, obviously like doing better. it on the will my rankings change after we talk about five? <laughs> probably. Because we're adding a new one to the list. I think and six is going to be amazing. Six in many ways looks like it's going to be a a scream for like sequel. It looks like it's going to be a sequel to like all of them, which is really different because we've never really had that before. And like, I, I want to go back to what Emily said about like this movie really didn't have any progression in the narrative at all. And like, I, I can totally see watching that now and knowing there's more films and being like, what was the point of this movie? 
Um, and it's weird to me that like when it was made, they wanted to do a four, five, and six. And then, you know, what Kevin Williamson wanted to do obviously wasn't going to happen. So it's like, all right, what was this movie setting up then in terms of a trilogy? And it just feels like a standalone. Like it felt like a last hurrah to me for a while. So like, that's yeah. why it has such a special place in my heart, I think. Because it was just really fun to see the characters older and, you know, doing their thing. But I agree, yeah, like, like, it doesn't really progress yeah. anything. It's like the Alien 3 of Scream. Yeah. As some, and I There's say something to be said for it Alien being 3. the last Wes Craven movie of the series. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah, I'm excited to see 6. Like, the tagline for oh, this movie was... New decade, new rules, and the one for six is New York, new rules, and Kirby's back. But they made back. up the rules. They made, <laughs> yeah. The rule was that you, you survive if you're gay, but also we have no canonically gay characters, and also we made up that rule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's they New York, say, new rules, new movie, that's, new rules. That's I like that. Yeah. yeah. Again, I am very excited to see what they do with urban horror. Me too. Yeah. Like, I'm like, excited for Ghostface in subways, bodegas, dark alleyways and streets and stuff like that. Like the possibility that like, again, it looks like it's going to be set on Halloween. How many people are Ghostface killers and how many people are just film fans dressed as Ghostface? I like, hope we get at least three of- killers in this new movie coming out. I want something different. Yeah, we yeah. Should, I, I think we're owed something different. Just my, my in my humble opinion. And this isn't a spoiler, but like in some of the promo stuff, Kirby has like an FBI badge and a gun. So like, I like knowing where she went after this movie. So I'm just so excited to see her again. Oh yeah, big hopes for Kirby. Justice. She for- better be gay. Yeah. <laughs> I would say it's safe to say that we all recommend people check this one out, right? Sure. There's no, no, there's, I mean, like, if you're a fan of the Scream franchise, like, sure, you can say, like, nothing happened, but none of them are skippable, I don't think. I think they're all, like, if you want to watch the series, watch the series. If you liked Scream 1, watch this movie. Or if you're just a Hayden Panettiere or Emma Roberts fan. I think Again, this like, movie is more, more of a, like, a Screequel than the Scream 2 is. Look, it, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, you know, it's another entry in the whodunit, you know, Scream, A Knives in the Mystery. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Thank you. I, I think it's more of a Scream make than a Scream. I, mean, I know that was going to be yeah. out of way. I know that. Hey. I know that. Yeah. Hey. A Scream boot. Yeah. I just love that it says you cannot do a Scream remake. So when they announced a Scream 5, my first thought was, it can't be a remake because doing that after Scream 4 would be insane. Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, who knows? All I'll say is that uh, this is a franchise that has never shied away from just recycling itself. Uh-huh. Yes, you did. Temporally, as in when they were made, the next thing that comes out named Scream is the TV show, which I haven't seen at all. Have you <laughs> seen the TV show at all? Yes. Is the TV show at all related? Is it like canon to the series at all? Or is it a whole different thing? Absolutely not. No. They not it wasn't it they didn't even have the rights to use the actual ghost face mask, so they had to use a different mask. That's correct. So the first two seasons of the Scream TV show are like 
its own thing. It's not even Scream. Like, it just has the name. And then it did so poorly that they rebooted it with season three. So season three is like a mini series. It's its own thing. And it was a big deal at the time because they got the rights to the ghost face mask and they got Roger L. Jackson to come on to voice the character. But it still has nothing to do with the Scream movies. Like, it's a completely different world. Like, like as far as I know, Sydney never happened in the in that universe either. So, like, season three was okay. It, it did a lot with, like, people of color and tried to do commentary on, like, POC and horror movies. But, like, overall, it wasn't very well written. And in my opinion, the first two seasons are ass. So, yeah. You know, as uh, so much scripted mtv program is known programming is known for being great teen wolf the movie comes out tomorrow (laughs) as of recording all i know is that it doesn't have the character that is everyone's favorite character this is true well on that front since uh, it doesn't sound like you would uh, recommend the tv show what would you recommend people check out dj i did not prepare an answer for this (laughs) can i go last sure Okay. Uh, Emily, it's your turn. Five. So I, if you're into the weird, like trying to make money off of people's trauma thing and you want something that's like pretty crazy and also with a woman, I finally checked out Yellow Jackets. I've only seen the first episode, but I feel like that is. Oh, Yellow Jackets is awesome. Oh, Oh, hell yeah. Yellow Jackets. And it also has the 90s thing. And then, you know, but it's like if. Um, Yellow Jackets is like if Stephen King and Lost had a baby. Yeah, sure. I mean, I haven't seen Lost, but I well, it's also created, like- it's co-created by Karen Kusama. Several of the episodes are directed by Harris. So if you like Jennifer's body, you know that's that's a recommendation there as well. Yeah, so it's got '90s stuff. In fact, much of it refers to the year 1996. It's got the characters of past and future. You know, it's and it's got the commentary about you know true crime disaster tourism and all that kind of stuff and then i also want to recommend if you like movies that are about slashers but if the in this case the slasher is sexism men uh a24's men a24 yeah you saucy devil it is very saucy you know like what if Instead of Ghostface, a town full of Ghostface, it was a town full of Admiral Badmintons, and they were all <laughs> giving... I'm not going to spoil it, but there's a lot of Badmintons, and they all suck. Yeah, and- not just A24. It's written and directed by Alex Garland. So, like, yes. imagine the guy who directed Ex Machina and Annihilation doing a slasher. Yeah. It got and- weird. Wow, 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 wow. It gets <laughs> real weird. Yeah, it gets very strange. The last like five minutes, I was sitting in the theater and I was like, can I just leave? I was here for that shit. And you know, I was too weird for me. 500% here for that shit. Like, I'm so happy for you. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 like the fifth badminton that crawled out. Listen, I was like, you're just <laughs> watching it now. You're just watching it now. But I distinctly remember. Within the first two minutes after I finished that movie, I I texted you specifically, Emily. Oh, really? Have you seen Men? You should watch Men. <laughs> I don't remember <laughs> that, but now I'm like, yes, absolutely. You should have been texting me. Yeah, the combination of like just the weird imagery shit that's going on there, the like Celtic paganism elements that are in there, the just the Alex Garland shit 
that like echo of yeah. her, you know, making noise in the tunnel that just keeps popping <laughs> back up is like it's so Alex Garland. It is all the best. It is all the best Alex Garland that you can get. And you know, and if anybody suggests that's very good. If anybody suggests that you watch the movie Antichrist, just watch this instead. Unless you want to see the dick that supposedly belonged that actually doesn't belong to Willem Dafoe because his dick is too big. Preposterously confoundingly large. I thought it was distractingly large. Yes, distractingly Distractingly large. (laughs) Okay. Oh, that's why they had to cut him out of Aquaman too. Ben, what have you got? If you want a movie about a lady trying to steal another lady's life and you want it to be some like thrillery stuff, check out 1992's Single White Female. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I had to dig deep to remember that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I'm like... Fucking suburbs, white ladies, one of the thrillers. What do we got? What do we got? What do we got? Ooh, it's a white female. And that was that thought process that led to that. That's valid. Yeah. The talented Ms. Ripley, you know, it was way before talented Mr. Ripley, at least the film. Anyway, but um, all right. I have I have two things I want to recommend because one of them I haven't actually seen, but is thematically goes with this, and the other one doesn't go with it at all, but I have seen it. Kevin Williamson just wrote a horror movie for the first time since scream four that just came out it is called sick it is on peacock right now it is a pandemic related horror movie like it happens during the you know 2020 pandemic seems to really like take a take the piss out of that stuff and have a good time with it it looks fun i haven't had a chance to watch it yet but i liked um, it a lot it's good i figured it it looks fun it's definitely something that I, I think people who are really into Scream at least will want to check that out for the Kevin Williamson pen script. The other thing I want to recommend is something really dumb that I got into this last week, which is also on Peacock. It is a reality TV series called The Traitors. It is about a group of people, some of whom are reality TV stars, some of whom are just normal people who are just getting on this reality TV show for the first time, who are, they're all staying in a castle, and most of them are faithful. They're just normal people trying to get by in this, and they choose three people at the beginning to become traitors. And their job is to murder somebody every night and, you know, cover their tracks and not get uncovered. So, it's a little bit werewolf. It's a little bit among us set in a Scottish castle where they have Ooh. to do like reality TV show challenges in the middle of it. But the real, the real quality of this, it is hosted by Alan Cumming in a progression of more ridiculous plaid outfits. So like he's got capes, he's got jackets and cummerbunds and like his hams and suits and everything get more ridiculous and more plaid every time and he's really just like playing this murder mystery thing for all it's worth and even if there wasn't like this fun reality show thing going on it would be worth watching just for alan coming chewing the scenery as much as he possibly can throughout the course of this this show you had me at alan coming yeah 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 it's 10 episodes it could stand to be a little bit shorter but it's worth watching f- for what's there. And uh, the actual like gameplay and mystery part of it is is pretty fun as well. But yeah, that's something I people should probably check out for just mindless entertainment and just to watch Alan Cumming come down the stairs every morning in his 
wild outfits and just like raise an eyebrow to the camera as he walks in like yeah i'm doing this this is what i'm wearing today we getting ellen coming as doctor who <laughs> it'd be fantastic i mean yeah. i'm gonna say never because there's no way the bbc can afford him i'm sad I don't know. he hangs around there a lot already yeah um, i mean an episode definitely but just not the doctor he's just like they can definitely get him for like they're like, which doctor are you? He's like, I'm the 69. <laughs> 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 they'll never, we'll they'll never actually get to him in continuity. But, <laughs> but yeah, check out the traders. Uh, TJ, did you come up with something? I did. I, I always like hearing you guys first because then I get ideas. Emily mentioned A24, so that made me think of bodies, bodies, bodies. Have either any of you seen that one yet? No, no, but I think we're going to do okay. that one for Pride. Okay, good. Okay. So that one, like, I'm recommending that one because it's a whodunit, but it's modern day. So it's it's commentary on, like, youth of today. So, like, we kind of talked about that with the characters in this film. You know, we were, we were saying that they sucked and were evil in this movie. And you know what? The bodies, bodies, bodies message is kind of the same, but very fun and funny. And then also Ash versus Evil Dead, I think, has a very similar vibe. So it's like the classic franchise, but they brought back Bruce Campbell. And it was sort of like his last hurrah. And it's very fun, the TV show. So I highly recommend that too. And of course, just this is a super basic answer, but Scream 5, because I think Scream 5 has a very similar concept to Scream 4, but executes it in a completely different way. So if you didn't find Scream 4 satisfying, I think Scream 5 would be your thing. I'm definitely very excited for us all to get back together and be talking about Scream 5. Oh, yeah. Me too. Yeah. I think I think we'll be doing that in a couple of months. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to check out Scream 5 and Scream 6 when that happens. And uh, yeah, Ash vs. the Evil Dead is much more fun than the Evil Dead remake. So. Uh, yes, I do love the remake as a remake, but like the show is so much better and so fun. Oh my God, I love the first, I love Ash vs. Evil Dead. It's amazing. Especially yeah. the first the Sydney of, of that franchise. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of the remake for reasons that take a long time to get into, but uh, it's just, I love it's the it. Jeff Johns version of Evil Dead. Fair. <laughs> what if you took everything that was fun about the original and made it gritty and horrible <laughs> it was my first evil dead movie as a teenager and i was like oh this was so good let me go check out the others and then i realized they were very different and like and it, it came out like right after cabin in the woods so like the fact that it worked for me after cabin in the woods i was like oh okay i like i that. mean i'm sure if it's like i'm sure if you were a kid and one of the first like big comics you read was identity crisis you would come away from that being like oh identity crisis is so good but like as a person who enjoys any of those characters and has read any of the other existing stuff about them if you read identity crisis you're like who the fuck are these people because they're certainly not the guys that have been appearing in my right. comics for 80 years and again like in the evil dead franchise didn't really match the same tone but like yeah. as its own thing like i like it I'll fight you about Halloween ends and Evil Dead. Oh, like, anytime. Your reasons <laughs> for liking Halloween ends make perfect sense. To yeah. You. Okay, good. It's, oh, yeah. I don't like Halloween sure. 3 either. And I accept that a lot of people like that movie. Season of the Witch, not my thing. Never seen it. All, all Halloween, Halloween ends are terrible. Very gay, in my opinion. So I enjoy it. 
it'll be a fun one to talk about eventually. Okay. I get I mean there's a lot of shitty there is a lot of shitty horror sequels we have avoided. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still not gonna, looking forward to it. We're still gonna talk about the Dream Warriors at some point before we get to you know, oh, leader yeah, well, the thing is, we just things. can't fucking mainline slash. Like, we can't do slasher month anymore. Yeah, like four in a row fucking broke us. Like, <laughs> we can't be doing it right before Cronenberg's though. Like, oh we my god, yeah, oh my that god. broke me. Yeah, no, not me, the body <laughs> horror weirdo. I was like, nah, I'm gonna watch <laughs> movements for like the rest of my life. By the time Look, we get I hope to the fourth Cronenberg are enjoyable movie, for I was the like. I was like, this doesn't really bother me anymore. <laughs> look, <laughs> themes might be fun for the audience, okay. but look, I, I hope that the theme bumps are fun for you, the audience, because the psychic damage they take on us, the host, is pretty immense. <laughs> I think yeah. it was actually a good idea for us to end with the brood on David Cronenberg, because the brood is so <laughs> yes. sideways from everything else. It's just like, what the yes. fuck, Dave? Yeah, it's got to be a saw, too. That's one Tell of us how things. you really feel, Dave. Yeah, we've we've done the first saw, saw so some one of these days. I did it with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, we will <laughs> do saw. Tree, like, we just can't have it be like, all right, y'all, who's ready for saw four, like <laughs> Halloween six, and like Jason takes Manhattan all in a row. <laughs> That'll fucking fair. destroy us. All right, we, so uh, uh, let's. Yes. Let's wrap this up. TJ, can you let people know where they can find out uh, more about you and and what you do and where they can find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at TroyFin2, where I talk about all things book-related and queer-related. I am an official librarian now, so if you ever need a good book wreck or a queer book wreck, thank you. You can hit me up on Twitter anytime. I also talk about Batman quite often. You can find me over on... Gotham Outsiders on Twitter or on any podcast provider. I think that's the right word. Yeah, where we talk about Batman and make it queer and feminist. I do that with my co-host Chris, friend of this pod as well. And yeah, hit me up anytime. I go on other shows all the time. I talk about skins, horror, all sorts of things. So hit me up. Absolutely. As for the rest of us, you can find Emily at Megamoth on Twitter at Mega underscore Moth on Instagram and at Megamoth.net. Ben is on Twitter at Ben the Con and on their website at BenConComics.com, where you can make sure to pre-order L. Campbell Wins Their Weekend, their debut graphic or their debut not graphic novel, real novel, <laughs> middle grades novel from Scholastic. No, no graphics. No graphics. Just novel. Except for the cover. Cover is going to be a hit. Oh, the cover's gorgeous. Yeah. It's very Go look pretty. up the cover, Lizner. It looks great. It's really fantastic. It's very good, yes. And uh, finally... Five stars. And finally, for me, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at jrum58 and on my website at jeremywhitley.com, where you can check out everything I write. And, of course, the podcast is on Patreon at Progressively Horrified, on our website at progressivelyhorrified.transistor.fm, and on Twitter at Pod, where we would love to hear from you. Speaking of loving to hear from you, we would love it if you'd rate and review this podcast wherever you're listening to it right now. Give us five stars so we can find new listeners out there. And as always, thanks to TJ for joining us. It's been fun. We'll have to do it again real soon. Always fun. Thank you so much. Oh my God. Yes. Scream team. Screams are now coming faster than we can review them. So, Yeah. Hopefully. I, I will accept them yearly as long as they're good. 
(laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, And thanks to all of you for listening. And until next time, stay horrified. Yay!